Father, we come before you humbly. We are so grateful that you displayed your love in a most unique and amazing way. Father, we still don't understand all that you've done for us in order to reconcile us. But we ask even today that you would help us understand a little bit more. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Jesus was in Gethsemane because of his love. Why? Why did God give his one and only son this assignment? To fully understand, we must go back to a garden called Eden. This story is found in Genesis. God created the heaven and the earth, and it was good. God also created man and woman and wired them for relationships with God and with each other. God placed them in paradise to tend and watch over it. He gave them only one rule. Don't eat from the fruit of one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you do, you will die. Well, one day as they were walking through this garden, the fruit of that tree looked really good. So they reached out for it and and took a bite. Everything instantly changed. Disobedience brought death and severed the relationship between man and God. Most are startled when they hear this story for the first time. They think this may be a bit harsh. What about love and forgiveness, God? Can't we cut these guys a little break? Well, when you think like this or even talk like this, it shows that you don't really know God. Let me explain. God is holy and clean and cannot be in the same room with this sin virus. God's not worried about catching the virus. It's just that holy and sin cannot coexist. Sin makes us dirty and doesn't make our God, our holy God, uncomfortable. It repels him. This one rebellious act in a garden separated us from our God and from life itself. Which brings us back to Gethsemane. Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, ushered in the kingdom of God. While Jesus walked on this planet, he taught about God, his reign, and his rule. He modeled for us what it looks like to be in a perfect relationship with God in the midst of a broken world, a relationship where sin wasn't a barrier. Ultimately, Jesus came to earth and went to Gethsemane out of love. It was a Thursday when Jesus gathered his disciples together for the traditional Passover meal. After the meal, the foot washings, and his last words, they went out into the darkness. Jesus knew his time had come. The time of suffering. The time he would take on humanity's sin and pay the debt 
for their rebellious act. Although he asked his father, is there another way? He knew there wasn't. He was falsely accused. He was tortured. He was maimed and then crucified on a cross. He paid our debt for sin and restored a broken relationship for anyone who believes. The Apostle Paul, who once was an enemy of the cross, puts it in perspective when he writes to the Christians in Rome. This is found in Romans chapter 5. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different than the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. But God's free gift leads to our being made right with God even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful gift and his grace of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. Adam disobeyed and brought death. Jesus obeyed and brought life. Because of Jesus, God's gracious gift of righteousness is available to all who believe. You may ask, though, what does it mean to believe? I, I believe there's God. 
I believe there was Jesus who who roamed the planet and, and, and was a great teacher. I even believe this Jesus was crucified. Well, it's a little bit more than just that. Jesus, in fact, uh, we find met with a religious leader to try to explain what believing was all about. We find this story in John chapter 3. Jesus met with Nicodemus at night and basically told Nicodemus he had to be born again. He had to be reborn. He had to put his faith in the Messiah, not in his performance. Then, to help Nicodemus understand, Jesus refers to a story found in Numbers 21. That's in the Old Testament. This story actually was familiar to all the Jews in the first century. They understood their history, and it was repeated often to them. But in this story, we find the Israelites in the wilderness rather than in an abundant land, a land filled with milk and honey, shall we say a garden. And they're in this wilderness because they lacked faith in God, or they literally disobeyed God. So God, well, sent them on a journey a 40-year journey to learn to listen and obey him better. Well, in spite of God's daily provisions, Israel complained a lot. And one time their complaints just really went too far. God judged them and sent poisonous snakes into their camp. They were biting people. And once they were bitten, bitten, they died. But God is also gracious and provided a cure, a way for them to live. Anyone bitten would live if they simply looked at a bronze snake that Moses put on a pole. God told him to get the word out. Anyone who's bitten, if you look at the snake on the pole, that was lifted up in the middle of the camp, you will live. If you have faith, you will live. It was the only way for them to be healed. Jesus told this religious man that the Son of Man must also be lifted up. So those bitten, those that have the sin virus, could look believe, and be saved. There's only one hope to live, only one hope to be saved from the penalty of sin, and that's to trust in Jesus, who was our Savior, who died on the cross for us. Jesus, a little bit later in John chapter 3, wrote this, For God so loved the world, that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will have life, will have life, abundant and eternal. 
The Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 5, a little bit earlier than our, than our passage that we just had read, and he writes this, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Wow. The bad news, though, is that sin is still rampant. The virus is out there and death reigns. Jesus died on a Friday and Satan thought he had won. He threw a party. Friday was dark as Jesus was taken down from the cross and despair certainly reigned on Saturday. Let's stay here for a bit. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gave the Seder meal, the Passover meal, a brand new meaning. Later, the Apostle Paul reinforces our Savior's words and told us to participate in the Lord's Supper or communion. We are to take the bread and the cup often in order to reflect, remember, and repent. We reflect on God's amazing grace, on how much he loves us, how much he desires a relationship with us. We remember how much God loved us by sending Jesus. We remember the cross, the beatings, and the drops of blood that were shed so that we might be redeemed. We might have a relationship. We might, well, go from enemies of God to friends of God. And it's a time to repent, to look at our own selves, to see if there is any sin that is separating us from a rich relationship with God. So let's reflect, remember, and repent. And in a few moments, we will take the Lord's Supper together. While Jesus was at the table, 
he said this to his disciples, this is my body, which is given for you. Eat in remembrance of me. Then he lifted up the cup and he said, this cup represents the new covenant. Drink in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Father, once again, um, we come to a place in our life where we're trying to understand your, your love for us and what it cost Jesus. We're so grateful that he went to the cross. We are so grateful that he paid our debt for our sin. Help us understand this cost. Help us be so overwhelmed by your love that we go to you often and thank you from grateful hearts. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We are grateful, but it feels heavy right now, and it should. We want you to continue to focus on the cross, to thank God for the cross. But remember that this story doesn't end here. I'd like to invite you back on Easter, on Sunday, because literally everything changes then.